Welcome to the Sermons Podcast, a ministry of Vienna Assembly of God, located right here in Vienna, Virginia. We're so glad you've joined us today. Hope you enjoy today's sermon. Last week, we began this section of our focus on faith called Faith for Dying. And we heard Jesus say, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. And he said, those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. The reality is that the faith we need to take us through this terrible crisis must be a fully rounded faith and a completely grounded faith. We need a faith that works in the good times and the bad. We need a faith that rejoices when we rejoice and weeps with us when we weep. We could not stop in this series with faith for living. We had to include faith for dying. Jesus wasn't shy about this reality. Today's passage makes last week's statement seem mild. It's all well and good to think about a lovely little grain of wheat being planted in the soil, and then it results in a great harvest. But in today's passage, there is nothing mild about the way Jesus talked about faith for dying. We are back in Matthew 16, a few verses down from where we read a couple of weeks ago when we were still talking about faith for living in the church. Jesus told the disciples that he would build his church on the rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. He told them that he was giving them the keys to the kingdom and that what we bind up on this earth is bound up in heaven and what we release on this earth is released in heaven. And we talked about binding up this coronavirus and releasing the healing power of God and we are still called to do that. And then he proceeded to explain that now the time has come for him to suffer and to be killed. And that on the third day he would rise from the dead. And this is where today's text begins with Peter's response. So we're in Matthew 16 beginning at verse 22. But Peter took him aside And began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you, wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. This is the word of the Lord. So we see Peter 
who a few verses earlier was told by Jesus, blessed are you. You are speaking revelation from the Father. No human could have revealed this to you. You are speaking the words of God. And he proceeded to say, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the name Peter means rock. (laughs) And he comes from there to stumbling block, (laughs) speaking the words of humanity and Satan to Jesus. And Jesus says, get behind me. You are not even thinking about things the way God thinks about them anymore. Now, that could be a little discouraging, but I'm going to say let's be encouraged by that because thank God I know I've been there. I have been up on Victory's Mountain shouting the praise, knowing that I know that I know that God is good all the time. All the time God is good, and we're just moving forward in power and victory And then something depletes that. And all of a sudden, instead of thinking the thoughts of God, instead of living according to his revelation, I am thinking the thoughts of humanity. And I'm even hearing the tempting lies of the devil. (laughs) It happens, folks. Let's just confess it and say, God, help us and bring us back to revelation. But I kind of get a little part of this, and and I think we all do in a new way that maybe we've never experienced in our life. Because Peter says, heaven forbid, Lord, that could never happen. I don't know if anybody described to us just a few short weeks ago what life would be right now if we would have accepted it if our brains and our emotions and whatever our psychology issues are would have allowed that information to really be understood it's like heaven forbid that would never happen and so this is a fresh experience that we can find happened in this narrative for Peter the things Jesus was saying were hitting like a shockwave in a way that he could not absorb. And so he turned it, he was like, heaven forbid, that could not happen. Until, of course, it did. And then Jesus said, if you want to be my disciples, if you want to follow me, here's what you have to do. You have to take up your cross. In another one of the Gospels, it says daily. Take up your cross daily. Now, what does that mean? Because for us, the cross has come to be a symbol of hope, a symbol of sanctification, a symbol of dedication. Um, It's something that we cling on to that has a lot of positive connotation to it because we understand the victory of the resurrection. But what did the disciples hear when Jesus said, you must take up your cross Some have said it would be like us carrying around an electric chair. To them, there was no connotation for a cross other than death, other than imminent execution. 
if someone was carrying their cross, it meant that they had been arrested and they were being marched to the place of crucifixion. Crucifixion, of course, was the most horrible death conceived. And this is what Jesus said would have to happen to follow him. Why is this good news? Why is it good news to have faith for dying? Well, we know that the apostles all did face martyrdom. They did eventually have to die for their belief in Jesus Christ. The apostle Peter, in his death, was crucified upside down. But before that, there's a lot of other things that happen. And we can learn from the New Testament and the early church what living by carrying our cross is like. And I just want us to accept this reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that following him means dying to ourself. And sometimes it's excruciating. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's shameful. People that were crucified were shamed by the rest of the community. And yet, we know that if we do that, then we gain our life. What is it worth it to gain the whole world but lose our soul? And this is a part of the gospel. Well, there's some places in the scripture that help us understand what else happens with this. Um, I want to look at Galatians 2.20. And this is talking about being crucified and yet living. The Apostle Paul says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The crucified life is actually the most fulfilled life. It is the life that allows the power of God to be at work within us. So this very not mild language of taking up our cross, and then Paul picks it up, I am crucified with Christ, literally crucifying the old ways, that person of sin, that person that wants to do its own thing instead of following God, letting that be crucified so that we can truly live in the power of God. And then the the last scripture I want to share, and I just want us to think about this in these coming days, in these ways of navigating the crisis that we're living through. And in these last two weeks of Lent, as we are coming up to celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, let us not lose the the reality of what Lent means, which is releasing, decreasing, giving up of our ways. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living 
and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So I just want to break this down for us. A living sacrifice. You know, often we've heard that talked about that, that a sacrifice in the Old Testament was killed and then put on the altar. God is asking us to put a living sacrifice on the altar, and the temptation is to pop back up and crawl off of there. We have to every day remember to sacrifice ourselves to the Lord. That's what that daily taking up our cross is about. But as we do that, for one thing, it is our reasonable act of worship. It is the it is what is called for because of all that God has done for us. It is the appropriate response to God's love. And and it is a daily love time with him as we make that sacrifice. It is just saying, Lord, I love you and I surrender my will to your will. Last week we talked about that seed being planted and bringing forth great fruit like and that Jesus compared that to the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come. And in the, in the prayer that he gave us, the next phrase is, thy will be done. And that's how Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. This is a part of that living sacrifice. It's on that daily basis praying, Lord, my will is screaming right now, and it wants to do this but help me to sacrifice that and to instead do your will. And don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Well, what is the world doing right now? There's some anxiety. There's some strife. There's some arguing. We don't want to copy those things. There's also some good things, and the Philippians tells us to think on the good things. There is some coming together. There is some working hard in the scientific community to tackle this virus. There is prayer around the world daily. I know you've seen it in your social media feeds. There's People are all over the place gathering in all kinds of different prayer uh, meetings and and praying and interceding to God and we need to just keep that up don't copy the world's customs but instead let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think as we meditate on the scripture as we look for those things that build us up that is a part of this taking up our cross don't just go the way that the world is going but resist resist and find those ways to build ourselves up in the name of the lord and i feel like this is an important phrase right here then you will learn to know god's will for you 
in this season of strife and chaos and confusion and mystery and uncertainty, it can feel really scary because we are used to having a, a, a better long-range plan, a better understanding of what's next, of, of looking ahead and, and, and working together. And, and there's a sense of um, how can we make any of those plans right now? Let God give you his will. He may not show you everything three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, but he can show you today. Daily, take up my cross and follow him. Let him change the way you think so you can know his will for you. It's, his will is good and pleasing and perfect, and it can help settle, bring peace for each day as we walk through this time together. Faith for dying is more than just this reality of eternal life that we can we know that when we leave this world we are still we are in the presence of the Lord. That's important and that is a part of our faith and and as we approach Easter we're going to be talking more and more about the resurrection power and how that comes to bear within our life. But we also have to get over this hump of that willingness to take up our cross. There are some that have held back from that. There are some that know all the right answers, and yet they're struggling with going ahead and taking up that cross and, let, and their faith be strong enough to carry them through that dying process. That's where we're going to end today. I, I want to pray for you. If you're struggling with that reality, and maybe it's not everything, maybe in general, yes, yes, I get that, but there's this one thing. There's this one issue, this one shortcoming or temptation that I just, I'm not, I haven't been willing to give that to Jesus if you want to be my disciple, you must follow me, take up your cross, die to yourself, and then you will live. Let's pray. Lord, I'm encouraged in my spirit today, and it's such a paradox. But your kingdom is not like this world. <laughs> your ways are not like my ways. And as I talk about, think about, read about this reality of taking up my cross, I actually feel hope churning up inside me. And I pray that you would help us to do that on a daily basis, to be willing to die to ourselves so that we can live according to your power. I pray for someone who's listening right now that has been struggling, that hump of going ahead and having enough faith to die, enough faith to be crucified with Christ. I pray for them that today's the day that they can take that step to be willing to surrender 
to let that go, to be a living sacrifice. In Jesus' name, Romans tells us that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Friend, just call on his name. Say, Jesus, I'm here. I believe in you. I know that God has raised you from the dead, and I surrender. I surrender. I'm willing to follow you. And now for all of us, Lord, I pray that as we grow in you, as we develop in our faith, as we are spiritually formed, you're going to gently let us know areas that we need to stop thinking like the world in that way, and we've got to start sacrificing that. I pray that if, if you're showing people those things in this moment, that they be able to give that unto you as well. Lord, we want to come out of this transformed we want to come out of this stronger than we went in. We want to come out living a new life, a new way, in your power, in your strength. I pray, God, that you would help us during this time that you've given us that is unique, different from any other season that anybody in the world currently has ever lived through. Let us redeem this time and find ways to grow in you to learn to have stronger faith, even to die unto those things that are not of you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, church, I hope you feel encouraged. It, it's, it's, it is a dichotomy. It is a paradox. But as we grow in our faith and are able to live daily following Jesus, he is going to be there with us step by step. He said he'd never leave us or forsake us. He's going to give us peace. He's going to give us joy. He's going to give us hope for these times. And I'm so thankful for it.